you know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up. Everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience. Welcome to Making Tarantino, the podcast. I'm your host, Philip Duke, and I'm here with his cousin, Jeff. And on this podcast, we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work and just to watch them, see what they're all about. It's something for us to do. It gives us, mm -hmm. you know. Fun times. Yeah. And uh, something that we do have to say is Treat Williams passed away on Monday mm -hmm. and we liked him and we will miss him. And uh, I thought, you know, the wife was like, well, I go, that guy from Everwood died. And she was like, which one? I go, the main father. I don't know. She watched Everwood. I didn't. Yeah. And she's like, oh, really? What did he die of? I go, I think maybe heart stuff. I go, I don't know. Let me check. Look, a motorcycle accident. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, that makes it dark. <laughs> it makes it like, ooh. Mm -hmm. so, but uh, rest in peace, Treat Williams. Subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. After subscribing, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And now you ready to get on with this show? Let's do it. Or do you have you, you don't have anything to say? All right. Oh, no. Well, I mean, there is another sad thing, but it's only for possibly even older comic book nerds than me because I wasn't like a huge. I, but I didn't. John Romita Senior mm -hmm. passed away in his sleep. Um, That's a way yeah. to go. It's a way yeah. to go. Mm -hmm. But it sucks. So if you're like tomorrow, I'm gonna go see Avatar three. Finally get to, and then you die and you're like, what? Or tomorrow I'll get to go see the new Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't know he passed away until I was, I looked on Twitter and I was like, wait a minute. And then I shared it with you. I was like, holy shit, Chip probably knows this, but I didn't know that. But as we talked about on our strong room episode, uh, Chip had this idea, Tarantino talks. Cause I said, I found all these YouTube videos of him talking about certain movies. And Chip's like, and I go, I want to incorporate it in the show. And Chip's like, we could call it Tarantino Talks. And I said, oh, and not talks. That sounds like a TED talk. Tarantino Talks, as in he talks and tells you about the movie. So right now I'm going to put in from Cannes in 2007, where he presented Rio Bravo. Well, I'll take that applause from this cool crowd because you're here to see Rio Bravo. And you could be eating in a nice French restaurant. You're here to see Howard Hawks. Good on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a real bra uh, this funny, just before the movie started, uh, before we got here, uh, Pierre just asked me, so, uh, Quentin, uh, how many times have you uh, seen Rio Bravo? And I actually almost got a headache just even trying to contemplate how many times I've seen this movie. I can only remember the first time I saw it, which was about five years old, where I saw it with my great-grandmother. And uh, I loved it, and she loved it, and, uh, and it was funny because I actually discovered it uh, um, much later once I got into Howard Hawks myself. I just kind of discovered him on my own, like around, uh, I guess about like 16, 17, uh, about 17. 
And, um, and then I, found, I watched Rio Bravo, and I was knocked out. I go, wait a minute, that's the movie I saw with Mamma. <laughs> <laughs> You know one of the things about Rio Bravo that's um, uh, um, so wonderful is there's all kinds of things in it that's really great. But to me, yes, it's, it's, to me it's one of my favorite. It's one of the greatest westerns. Yes, it's one of the greatest Hawks films. Yes, it's one of the greatest John Wayne movies. But it also fits into another genre because I'm always about cutting movies up and putting them into subgenres. It's one of the great hangout movies. And there are certain movies that you hang out with the characters so much that they actually become your friends. And it's a really rare quality to have in a film. And it doesn't rarely happen, and it usually those movies are usually quite long, because it actually takes that long of a time to get past a movie character where you actually feel you know the person and you like them. And Rio Bravo is maybe one of the greatest hangout movies of all time. When it's over, they're your friends. You, and every time, and the thing is, what was so good about seeing it again and again and again is now they already, they're already your friends. Whenever you watch it, you're just hanging out with John T. Chance and Dude and Feathers, and it's your friends. Um, one of the uh, the critic uh, Robin Wood uh, out of Britain said that in his estimation that uh, if there was ever one movie to justify the existence of Hollywood commercial cinema, it would be Rio Bravo. It should be only, it's, it's true, but it's one of them, not the only one. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. Because we had to pick one, though. One of the things I loved about Howard Hawks so much was, I grew up, growing up without a father, Howard Hawks actually had very definite ideas about manhood and what a man should be and rules of conduct and stuff like that. Uh, but not based on a class system or anything or propriety, but just, you know, what is expected of a man. And uh, kind of discovering him in, in, in uh, the way I did uh, without having a, a, a male influence around my house or anything. I started adopt. I, I bought into that, and I started adopting his ideas of what a man was. He it was just, you know, he just helped me, kind of guided me through my life. I was like a surrogate, was a surrogate, you know, out there father somewhere. Um, but the thing about Rio Bravo that I thought was so, uh, I loved it so much, was uh, at some, you know, there was, a, there was a point in my life. It was one hundred percent, hands down, my favorite movie. And my whole thing, this is like way before I'd ever had a girlfriend and years before I would ever have a girlfriend. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm still, I was in my 20s during this time. <laughs> and, um, and my whole thing was, if ever I liked a girl and we started like seeing each other a little bit, I would show her Rio Bravo. <laughs> and she better like it. <laughs> You ready for the tagline? To Tarantino says some shit. I could. <laughs> Tarantino rambles. A rambling yes. Tarantino. Yeah. Um, the uh, tagline: They fought back to back. No quarter given. No quarter asked. No way in. No way out of Rio Bravo. Bum, bum, bum. Rio Bravo. The alternate title was A Bull by the Tail, 1959. Hmm. Originally released on April 4th, 1959. What was interesting is, you know, Ward Bond says, you got the bull by the tail. So all you mm -hmm. got is, all you got, no, that's what 
yeah. How does he say all you have? He's like, that's what I got. Like yeah. meaning like that's n- not in a bad way. He's meaning it like word bond means in a bad way. He means it like, no, this is, I wouldn't have anybody else yeah. and not to jump ahead. But I like when word bonds, like I can get some of my guys. He's like guys with families who aren't professional with a gun who are just like, you know, going to be worried about home. Like, no, I don't need, I need professionals. Yeah. What about Colorado? I don't like to be in anybody's business. Okay. And then he keeps going. You know what I heard? You're a real <laughs> gossip hound for not wanting to get involved. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, the awesome. plot, the sheriff of a small town in Southwest Texas must keep custody of a murderer whose brother, a powerful rancher is trying to help him escape. After a friend is killed, trying to muster support for him, he and his deputies, a disgraced drunk and a cantankerous old cripple, Chip and I's favorite, must find a way to hold out against the rancher's hired guns until the marshal arrives. In the meantime, matters are complicated by the presence of a young gunslinger and a mysterious beauty who just came in on the last stagecoach. Bum, bum, bum. Starring John Wayne as John T. Chance. So the last movie in which John Wayne wore the hat he had worn since stagecoach. Oh, wow. So Yeah. It was like, that's all. And that was 1939. So that was like 20 years. He's been wearing that same hat in his Westerns. That's awesome. For most of the film, Chance has the front of his hat turned up to make him look a little soft and friendly. However, in the tough guy scenes, when Chance informs Nathan Burdett that he will have Stumpy kill his brother if there's any trouble, the front of his hat is turned down in traditional tough guy mode. So nice. that's cool. <laughs> Dean Martin is dude. So according to March 1958, Los Angeles Times news item, director Howard Hawks negotiated for Frank Sinatra to co-star with John Wayne. But Sinatra did not appear in the film, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, during filming, John Wayne said to Howard Hawks, Dean Martin has all the fireworks. What am I supposed to be doing? Hawks said, suppose you had a friend who was a drunk and was trying to come back. Wouldn't you watch him? Wayne nodded and said, I know what to do. Like, that's awesome. awesome. Like, he's like, he's like, he's got all the, like the acting stuff. He's doing all this great stuff. And I want to be that guy. And it's like, and it's the thing you and I kind of talk about ego is that thing of where you would think maybe John Wayne would have ego, but when you're in the hands of a good director, you're Mm -hmm. like, what do you, and he's like, wouldn't you support this guy? And something else that I heard about uh, that Howard Hawks says is like, he said when he's in France and he's talking to these people, they're like, oh, well, you came up with the scene. And how did you figure that out? He goes, I just thought it would be cool. So I put it in like I didn't do it on for any purpose other than, hey, this makes sense. This would be cool. So it's cool. And so here's where I have this story to tell about Dean Martin. So Dean Martin comes in. By the way, Chip and I had recorded this on our seventh episode of our old show. But uh, we love the movie, so we're doing it again. So uh, forgive me, Chip, if these sound like familiar stories. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean, so Dean Martin comes in to audition for Howard Hawks. Howard Hawks says, okay, well, go and, uh, go and get you a wardrobe. So he goes to get the wardrobe. He comes back. He looks like he's duded up. He's shiny. He's got the tassels, whatever, <laughs> all this shit. And Howard Hawks is like, what the? what are you doing? He's like, this is, you said a Western. He's like, do you know any drunks that dress nice? Like what the fuck? And he's like, Oh, okay. I got it. So then he goes back, 
has them give him like a dirty shirt and unkempt and untucks it and all this stuff comes back. Howard Hawks is like, yes, that's what I want. Thank you. Like, yes. Sweet. So yeah, very cool. Ricky Nelson is Colorado Ryan. Angie Dickinson is feathers. Walter Brennan as stumpy. So a story here was Walter Brennan uh, comes in and he'd been doing the real McCoys. And so he comes in and he's doing his real McCoy shtick from TV because he's so used to doing it, you know, week after week. And uh, Howard Hawks like, what? What is this? What the fuck? Like, no, I want Walter Brennan. Like, give me something. Don't give me that TV shit. Give me something else. So again, Walter Brennan, just like Dean Martin, just like John Wayne going, oh, I get it. OK, hang on. And he comes in with the limp and he comes in with, you know, his, you know, certain cantankerous way to be. And it's like, got it. OK. Uh, Ward Bond is Pat Wheeler, John Wayne and Ward Bond's 22nd and final movie together and Ward's final major film role. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. They had both from what I heard. I'm not sure. I haven't totally looked into it, but John Wayne and Ward Bond came up as stuntmen or at least John Wayne did. And then mm -hmm. Ward Bond kind of got him into like, you should be an actor. And he did those uh, singing cowboy movies and stuff. Uh, John Wayne did uh, and Claude Akins as Joe Burdett Chip and I know Claude Akins from uh, the sheriff what's that called Sheriff Lobo yeah Sheriff Lobo yeah yeah. and then me and the wife have been watching uh, uh, Murder She Wrote and he's he's one of the sheriffs there on uh, I think he's a sheriff maybe he's just a friend I forget I don't I've never see him in a sheriff but anyway friend <laughs> of Jessica's Anyway, this part's cool. Written by B.H. Campbell, She wrote the short story. According to Todd McCarthy's 1997 biography, Howard Hawks, the Gray Fox of Hollywood, this was actually Hawks' eldest daughter, Barbara Hawks McCampbell. McCampbell being her married name. Her contribution was the idea of using dynamite in the final shootout. Huh. And Jules Firthman and Lee Brackett, a female, wrote the screenplay. So... That's awesome. uh, Lee Brackett, she did a lot of uh, a lot of Billy Wilder stuff. And it's directed by Howard Hawks, who, if you didn't know, directed The Thing from Another World. Fucking amazing. Mm. Uh, this one, um, His Girl Friday. Uh, he did uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, which really throws you for a loop because you're like, that's a musical. Not really professional men like this is crazy. Yeah. Um, um, only Angels Have Wings. Um, like all, um, um, all kinds of great movies, some Cary Grant, um, bringing up baby, like, oh, great stuff. So everybody check out Howard Hawks. He's really good. The film was made as a response to high noon, which is sometimes thought to be an allegory for blacklisting in Hollywood, as well as a critique of McCarthyism. Mm. So in case you didn't know, Chip, high noon is the one where, um, where um what's that guy's name it's gonna drive me nuts again chip um uh, ah anyway the guy from high noon i'll come up with it later and it might be here but um so the main guy from high noon he he's getting ready to leave and get married to his wife and all of a sudden they get word that hey one of the guys that you put away in jail is getting out and he's coming back to get Gary you. Cooper. Thank you, Gary Cooper. I knew it was a G. 
Um, I always have a hard time with that name because I want to say George. I want to say something. Gary Cooper. And so they're like, he's getting out of prison. He's coming to get you. They're like, you should leave. And Gary Cooper's like, no, I'm fucking sheriff. I guess I'll stay. And he goes around town, tries to get help. And um, uh, Kurt Russell's, uh, not Kurt Russell's dad, uh, Jeff Bridges' dad, Lloyd Bridges, is the deputy. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this. Like, everybody's not helping him. Nobody's helping him. He goes to Henry Morgan. Henry Morgan's like, oh, the wife kind of says, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, sure, the wife, whatever, you're chicken shit. Going to everybody. Nobody will help him. Finally, he has to get help. So they felt, well, now I'll read it. Anyway, that's what High Noon is about, him trying to get help. And it's done in real time. It's a really good movie. Nice. Uh, Wayne would later call High Noon un-American and say he did not regret helping run the writer Carl Foreman, this kind of a dick move, out of the country. Director Howard Hawks went on the record to criticize High Noon by saying, here comes spoiler alert, everybody. I didn't think a good sheriff was going to go running around town like a chicken with his head cut off, asking for help, and finally his Quaker wife had to save him. According to film historian Emmanuel Levy, Wayne and Hawks teamed up deliberately to rebut High Noon by telling a somewhat similar story their own way, portraying a hero who does not show fear or inner conflict and who never repudiates his commitment to public duty while only allying himself with capable people despite offers of help from many other characters. Chance also cites concerns for the safety of those that offer to help and his, feather, and his fears are confirmed when the first such offer results in the character being quickly killed. In Rio Bravo, Chance is surrounded by allies, a deputy who is brave and good with a gun, despite recovering from alcoholism, dude, a young, untried, but self-assured gunfighter, Colorado. A limping, crippled old man who is doggedly loyal, Stumpy, a Mexican innkeeper, Carlos, his wife, Consuelo, and an attractive young woman, Feathers, and repeatedly turns down aid from anyone he does not think is capable of helping him, which you and I had talked about. Mm -hmm. Though in the final shootout, they come to help him anyway. Who'll turn up next? Wayne asks amid the gunfire, to which Colorado replies, maybe the girl with another flower pot. End quote. So good. This movie is so good. Uh, you want to hear some listener opinions about other people that think this might be good or might be bad? Of course. All right. Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you got to have an opinion. Sandra Gillis, our cousin, uh, mm -hmm. married to our cousin. She's kind of our cousin, whatever. On Facebook wrote, quote, love it, end quote. Mike Millard on Facebook wrote, great cast, end quote. Handsome Post Cinema Punk on Instagram wrote, quote, a great Western, end quote. Real Real Gone on Instagram wrote, quote, stone cold masterpiece, and I honestly don't know why. Watching it is a superior but ultimately typical Western. But whatever minute you start watching it, you can't turn it off, end quote. Pineapple on Twitter wrote, Quote, the best thing about Rio Bravo is watching Dean Martin's evolution from disgraced, slovenly drunk to competent hero. It gives me hope. End quote. Now, <laughs> on this, my thing was like, should I like, is this guy making a joke? Is he like, should I be? Hey, you want to talk? Are you OK? <laughs> you know, but yeah. I'm like, OK. Um, Pedro Jimenez on Twitter wrote, quote, 
Rio Bravo is one of the greatest mood films of all times. It's got an amazing hangout vibe going. Great film to watch with friends. Also, the movie itself is a fun time. Great cast and great story. End quote. John Connell on Twitter wrote, quote, one of the greatest Westerns ever. Everything works in this movie, even the musical interlude with John Wayne looking on awkwardly, a classic, end quote. <laughs> Furious Cinema on Twitter wrote, quote, one of the greatest films about camaraderie and the perfect hangout film too, A plus, end quote. Spooky on Twitter wrote, it's a timeless Western movie. I watched it all my life and never lost my love for it. I love Rio Bravo because of Ricky Nelson. He sings some beautiful songs and Dean Martin is funny with John Wayne in that one. It has that exuberance of a feel good Western. But for my personal taste, I like El Dorado from 1966 better. It's the same movie with small plot changes, but it's got Robert Mitchum and James Caan. I think they have much better chemistry with John Wayne and the 60s gave just a slight edge to the tone, end quote. And that makes sense where um, somebody we have this. Um, we have this film group that I talk about, this film chat thing called Film Buds on Twitter, and mm -hmm. they uh, they were saying they were like post uh, post JFK. And I was like, no, you don't understand this 1959. And I'm like, oh, you mean El Dorado is post JFK. So that's why it's interesting, like 1959 and then mm -hmm. after, you know, how times change. So yeah. and it's really good. You should see El Dorado. You might have seen it. I don't know. I have. OK, uh, Ian Lynch Passarelli on Twitter wrote, quote, love Rio Bravo. Howard Hawks is 100 percent an auteur. We studied him a lot in film school, an artist so versatile. He made classics in just about every genre. This and only angels have wing wings are some of the best some of his best gambler on twitter wrote i originally bought the blu-ray to listen to the commentary by john carpenter well i never listened to the commentary but i loved the movie this was my first american western definitely a recommend for fans of westerns and downright great movies and end quote and that was it and it's it's that thing of like, I was looking at my, I'm like, should I listen to that out of your commentary with John Carpenter and mm -hmm. uh, Richard Sheckle? And I'm like, eh, no, I'll do it. I always say I'll do it. Some other, I need to definitely fucking do it because yeah. as we know, as you and I, it's on our list and, and it comes up later in our facts is assault on precinct 13 is Rio Bravo. Yes. Except they're not trying to break him out there or maybe I forget. Yeah, maybe they are. I forget. Anyway, they're just this killer, killer gang that's trying to get in. Um, and so John Carpenter's like takes the thing and puts his spin on it, makes a modern version of the thing. Yes. Quick thing. Yes. About the thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you did you see that they're saying that he's kind of teasing that there's going to be a sequel? No, I didn't. Interesting. That would be weird and different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he's been posting and stuff, I guess, and kind of teasing just little bits of pictures or something like that, getting everybody excited. I would think that that would get him money. Like, you know, when his other movies have kind of gone a little downhill, they're not as great as they were in like, you know, after they live and vampires was pretty good. And I like ghost of Mars, which is also kind of a Rio Bravo type. Um, but yeah, 
if you want money, you go, Hey, I can make a sequel to the thing. And people go, here's all the money. Yeah. Kurt Russell's like, okay. Um, but yeah, cause I don't know if you know, if you remember the thing, but at the end, it's just him and Keith David looking at each other, waiting for one of them to change. And you're like, who's the, who's the monster? Very cool. And then it just ends. My wife would be like, she hasn't watched it, but she'll be like, what the fuck? What happened? Ah, I'm so angry. Yeah. You ready to Start discuss the tables and shit? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, she hates those ambiguous endings. Like just, she's like, give me a finale. Like, give me a good ending. Ready to discuss this? Yep. Um, here's something that I learned. Like I thought old Tucson here in Arizona, I thought it had closed down, but it's still open. And most <laughs> of the exteriors of this were filmed at old Tucson. And I'm like, sweet. Like I've been there before, but when mm -hmm. I went, I didn't know Westerns. All I knew was, was like, oh, Young Guns 2 was filmed right here. This looks familiar, yeah. but I didn't yeah. know anything else. Now, if I went or like Three Amigos, like the clock tower, like that tower, like the church kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, what the fuck? So I think it would be cool to go back now and be like, oh, yeah, that's from that John Wayne movie. That's from Tombstone. This from this. So, um, but it says it was built at seven eight scale. So the performers look larger than life. Hmm. But I'm not sure about that because it looks normal when you're there. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there are no close ups in this film, which you don't even notice. But you're like, oh, yeah, there's no real, you know, there's some. Oh, wait, maybe there are some Dean Martin stuff. Anyway, uh, here's the biggest one, and then we'll get started because this happens right in the beginning. Bing Russell, Kurt's father, is the guy that Claude Aiken shoots in the beginning of the film. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this is crazy because it starts out it's totally quiet. You're like, what's going on? Dude mm -hmm. comes in there. He goes to give him money, throws it in the spittoon. Dude's going to go for it in the spittoon, and fucking John Wayne kicks it over. And gives him this look of like, you're so, so, you know, I'm so uh, disappointed. What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then they, uh, they hit Claude, they hit John Wayne, right? Now they, they shoot well, the he, guy. He hits him. Right, know, right, right. Around yeah. the, because he's mad at him for kicking the can. Yeah. He hits him, you know, with a piece of wood. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. knocked him out. I was like, oh, damn. And then, uh, and so, uh, yeah, Claude Akins kills that guy and then just goes to the next bar, which is owned by his brother. And, oh, man, this movie, so much good stuff, so much good dialogue, so much interesting, like, things, like, like, uh, like the commenter said, like, dude's evolution, mm -hmm. John Wayne's friendship of, like, Here's your, where'd you get the guns? I got them from, you know, whoever you sold them to. And he's like, and your clothes are at the hotel. You got my clothes? Yeah. Fucking, I've been holding on to them until you're ready to fit. Are they going to fit? Yeah, they'll fit, meaning I'm ready to go. Let's go. You know, I'm back. Well, the cool thing in this beginning part was after he hits him, mm -hmm. you know, it moves on to the next bar. John Wayne shows up 
with his gun, you know, ready to do his job, but then somebody pulls a gun on him. But then dude comes from behind and grabs one of the other guys' gun. Yeah. And shoots his gun. And I'm like, what is happening? Like he just hit him. Like that's what was cool about that moment was you're so confused. You know, you obviously know that Dean Martin isn't gonna be a bad guy, but yeah, he hit yeah. John Wayne. Yeah. And then turns around and helps him afterwards. So I was kind of I like the fact that yes, when people are talking about this movie, they're saying that it's kind of got this kind of you know, manly honor mentality kind of a thing. Yeah. But it isn't actually brought up again in the mm -hmm. movie until he smacks John Wayne and John Wayne says, okay, that's two. Yeah. You don't get a third. And I was just like, oh, damn. Okay. That's yeah. when it's brought up. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Thing. Like, exactly. Still friends. We're still yeah. good. Well, and, and like when he tells him like, we've been babysitting you too long. We've been treating you like a, you know, baby kitten or whatever, like we're done, you know. Yeah. But also like coddling for years for like long. yeah, like the part with Stumpy that's funny when he's like he tells Stumpy, Well, we can't treat him, you know, you can't apologize, you can't do that because Dean because dude wouldn't take that. Like dude's not gonna take the nice stuff because he's not ready for it, you know. He's too angry right now. And then Stumpy's like, Yeah, I wouldn't either. And then that's when he gives Stumpy that kiss on the forehead and he's like, God damn you, and hits him with the broom. <laughs> Yeah. So, but it's it's all it's the professional it's it's that thing also of john wayne comes in through the front door dude comes in through the back door because he's not allowed in the front door and then that comes up later and he's like i'd like to do the front door i'm never you know it's like okay can yeah. they, can you handle it or are you professional yeah i'm fucking i'm ready mm -hmm. um something else just to get this out of the way so feathers uh angie dickinson her dialogue was occasionally inspired by the character of Slim from To Have and Have Not, 1944, which is another movie Howard Hawks directed. That's where um, uh, Humphrey Bogart and uh, Lauren Bacall fell in love, was on that movie. And that's where she's like, you know how to whistle, right? Put your lips together and blow. And, she, uh, and so uh, as when after the first kiss, she says, it's better when two people do it, recalling the phrase, it's even better when you help. So that's how they said it in to have and have not. And then she said, it's better when two people do it. Um, and again, later when she says, I'm hard to get, you're going to have to say you want me. Recalling Slim's, I'm hard to get, Steve. All you have to do is ask me. You're like, oh, shit. Hmm. So, but this, this movie is like, you're, oh, I don't even know where to start, Chip. This is so good. Like, do it's the thing with dude it's the thing with it's i love that thing of like we said about the professionalism so then ward bond comes into town mm -hmm. he's like hey guys you guys usually have to hand in your weapons and he's like who are you and dude's like i'm sure oh i didn't recognize you now i know and he's yeah, like they sober. call me a, they call <laughs> me a drunk but i'm yeah i'm used to seeing you laying in the street and <laughs> and he's like and uh, and then they're like, and then John Wayne comes up and says, do you have any new people? Because he pretty much John Wayne saying it's OK. You guys are good. You've been here before for two years. You've been coming in here. You guys are cool. He's like, you got any new people? And he's like, just Colorado. And he's like, should I take your guns? And Colorado's like, I you can if you want. I don't care. Like, I don't know what what. I, and he's like, nah, you can keep them. It's fine. And you're like, cool. OK. And. Yeah. And then later, the part that we said earlier was when he's in the, he's like, here's what I got. He tells Ward Bond, here's what I got going on. 
we arrested Joe Burdett. He's in our jail. We got to watch him. We got like six or seven days, however many days it is by then until the U.S. Marshal comes in mm-hmm. to get him. And he's like, so that's what we're doing, which also 310 to Yuma is that like transferring the guy, like instead yeah. of that's like almost a sequel to Rio Bravo, transferring the guy to go to court. Um, so he's like, we have, uh, so he's like, this is what I got to do. Ward Bond's like, okay. And then Ward Bond's in the place telling everybody. Yeah. And Carlos is like, he's telling everybody, you have to be careful who you tell. And something that I didn't write down here, but that I read, I haven't fully checked it out, but Carlos is supposed to be related to Clifton Collins Jr. Who was in Boondock Saints 2 and he was in Star Trek, the new Star Trek. He played a Romulan and hmm. uh, and he was in um, he's in Westworld. And they say he wears his dad's guns from Rio Bravo, his grandfather's guns from Rio Mm. Bravo in Westworld. Um, So, uh, but it's that thing of he's telling everybody and he's like, he's going to tell the wrong person. So then he comes toward bond and he says, Hey man, like you can't, can't be doing this. And he's like, well, you need my people to help you. And it's commendable, but he's like, he's like, no, I, your guys aren't professional. They're worried about the kids are worried about this. Like, no, He's like, well, it sucks because they already had this conversation. Yeah. And then he still goes talking his, his head off and mm-hmm. because he thinks he's you know right that they need help or whatever like that instead of staying yeah. out of the fucking way and it yeah. gets, gets him killed. Like, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah, it's well, and then where he's like, the only good one is Colorado. Mm-hmm. And again, with a normal movie, you bring Colorado over. Hey, do you want to help? Yeah, I'll help. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Colorado's like, I find it best to stay out of other people's business. John Wayne smiles and says, understood. Okay, no problem. My, and you're like, cool. He's not heard about it. He's like, okay. And then it just happens that Colorado ends up, okay, now they killed my boss and I'm pretty pissed. And Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah he, well, he keeps showing up at certain moments. Yeah. Letting them know some information. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. By like the way, said, that, yeah. that music that's playing, that, yeah. they played that at the Alamo. When... <laughs> yeah. When, <laughs> when like, oh, they, damn. Yeah. When they killed all of uh, all the cowboys inside and uh, no quarter given, because that was, you know, that was how it was. That's like the um, happened before that in uh, that movie Kingdom, Kingdom of Heaven was mm-hmm. about like they took Bethlehem and then the Muslims came in and killed the Christians. And then the Christians came in and killed the Muslims and, you know, just no quarter given. Um, so you couldn't trust anybody when they're like, we'll let you all go. No, don't trust them. Um, and so then he's walking down the street and all of a sudden gets shot. And in oh, the and the other, the other thing. Yeah. And the other thing that's cool though, is like when dude and him are walking down the street, something that is such a small thing but makes all the difference Mm -hmm. is any other director would have two people walking down the street just walking no big deal you see the tumbleweed go behind dude that was badass and then you see it go behind john wayne and you're like cool they're walking on both sides of the street i get it like cool it just adds that little bit to it yeah and it makes me wonder because like the way that the wind went and that whole scene like, was it kind of like a moment where it's like, okay, 
Like, was it on purpose to like, let's just get tumbleweed and we'll just make it go through both scenes or did it happen to where it just kind of worked out where it went past Dean Martin and they go, Oh, grab that, grab that. We need right. that. <laughs> Timing wise, we need to cut this, edit it where it goes behind him too. We're like, Oh, okay. well, and yeah, I would think that maybe somebody said, turn on a fan, blow a tumbleweed there. And then yeah. Howard Hawks or somebody's like, Oh wait, we got to have it match. Let's have it match over here on the other side. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, or the continuity person, who knows? But yeah. it's a thing where now John Wayne gets frightened by the mule and he's like, I'm I'm getting jumpy. Like, what the fuck? And- I think that's one of the things that I realized while watching this again. Two things that I loved mm-hmm. was that you you saw John Wayne get scared. Yeah. Startled by a mule. Right. Yeah. That was one thing. The other thing was when you hear the shots at jail later on when Stumpy shoots. I've never seen John Wayne run like that. Before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, holy crap! He's like jumping off the, you know, the uh, yeah. doesn't even use the stairs. He jumps, you know, off the thing and just starts running full, full bore. And I was just like, I didn't really think about that. You don't think about that when you watch it. And I'm just kind of like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then something. When is it now that? So they're walking the streets, making sure nobody's coming. They're like, those guys have been there all day. Like they're just waiting. Mm-hmm. And then is it? Yeah. So uh, Nathan Burdett shows up first. Right. And then they have the, then somebody tries to kill them. Um, Nathan Burdett shows up and he brings them in and he's like, here's the way it's going to work. <laughs> like fucking, uh, uh, Stumpy is going to kill him. If anybody tries to get in, Stumpy's in here. Stumpy will kill your brother. And he's like, what? What? And he's like, yeah. And then he goes, John Wayne goes, I'm done talking now. You can go ahead and talk like I'm done. And you're like, holy shit. And then he's like, okay. And he, his brother's okay. And blah, blah, blah. And then he leaves. And all the Stumpy stuff of, Hey, I did this and I did that. And John Wayne being like, well, did you do the, you're never happy. Oh, damn it. And especially at the end, spit in his eye, dude. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Nathan Burdett leaves. Oh, and so, yeah, that was a, what else is cool that. So Burdett shows up, Nathan Burdett with his group. And they see dude and they know he's a drunk because they've lived in this town. They know. And he goes, hey, guys, you need to. He tells the first guy that's just a regular guy, like, put your guns over there on the fence. And now Mm -hmm. he tells Nathan Burdett, you guys need to hand in your weapons. You need to put your guns over there. And the guy, what if we don't? And then the guy goes, forget this, Nathan, we're going to go around. And he starts to go around and dude stops him. And he's like, you know, shoots the uh, shoots the rain that he's holding like breaks his rein, And he's like, he's like, no, you need to put your guns away. And the guy, Nathan Burdett's like, okay, all right, let's put it away. And you can see how good dude is even when he's drunk. Like how good is he when he's full on sober? And well, there's two moments. Well, yeah, there's the other moment later that I really love. Because he, he basically points out like after everybody's putting their guns away, he yeah. stopped and he goes, wait a second, I'm, eight, uh, I'm sober enough to know that you got an extra gun. Yeah, and, and the guy's facing away from him, and he's like, yeah. the extra gun in your vest, put that there yeah. too. And the guy's like, ugh, like pulls that out. And, yeah. and, and then the second time is when he's kind of 
checking on all the guys to see if they're, you know, have mud on their boots. Yeah, but and let's not get there yet. Before, well, before John Wayne can actually do anything, turn and right. say something to the to the bartender, the bartender starts moving. And yeah. he just said, hey, there's no reason for you to move. And he's got his back turned to him. And I was yeah. like, oh, shit. And John nice. Wayne John Wayne gives him this smile, like yeah. the dude's almost back. Yeah. Um, so then... So then after that, then Nathan's like, you know, going to leave after he does whatever he knows. Well, how am I going to get in here? So then he figures I got to pay guys. So he gives them $50 gold piece and they're um, and those guys show up and uh, him and Colorado are talking by the uh, uh, John and Colorado are talking. And then Colorado's like, oh, you don't have matches. Let me go get some matches. And he goes inside and the three guys show up before he can. And you can see John uh, T. Chance is going for his gun. When he sees the guys coming, he's going for his rifle. He's like, I need to be like the guy says, you always carry that carbine. Yep. You always have it loaded. Yep. It's ready to go. Fucking. And when you see whenever he leaves the jail, he's carrying it. Even after all the stuff's going on, he takes that rifle with him when he goes down to the hotel toward the end, when he's just, you know, he's still carrying it. So you're like, okay. And he, uh, so then they all have the drop on him. They're like, take your gun belt off. And you're like, oh shit, what's he going to do? And then Colorado's in there and Colorado's like, Hey, take the, take that flower pot and throw it out the window. And you know, when I step outside, so then he steps outside and he's surprised. Oh, what are you, what are you guys doing here? I didn't know. And they're like, you know, be careful. And then he's like, dude. And he throws him the gun and shoots at them. And then they all shoot him and kill like she throws a flower pot. They kill like three people. And and then, of course, she's upset. What did you make me do that for? Because, you know, you know, because she's in love with John T. Chance. And she's like, you know, you wouldn't you would have not given up. You would have done whatever and you would have died. And, you know, and now I killed three people because of what I did. And now I'm in, an accomplice. And, you know, so I looked it up mm-hmm. when this movie was filmed. She mm-hmm. was 27 and yeah. John Wayne was 51. Yeah. Are you one of these people that have a problem? I don't have a problem. No, it's just I it, can... that was just a thing where I was just right. kind of like I they they in the actual script and what he said mm-hmm. was that in the, the, the wanted, you know, message or whatever about the girl that she is possibly yeah. supposed the to handbill. Yeah. 22 yeah. said that she was 22 and I was saying, huh? So I'm watching the movie and I look it up of how old she actually was during the filming of this. And it said 27. And I was like, and, but it says in there that she looked younger than she was. And I was like, Oh yeah. wow. Okay, cool. Like that was kind of, but it's crazy to think that he's 51 and they're placing her as being a 22 year old that's in love with him and he's down with it. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah. He's my age. And like, I don't know what I would have in common with 27, but in the old West, I could see some woman like that being like, this guy's a guy that I need to protect me, a Mm -hmm. professional and a guy that'll, you know, stick up for me. Although you might have feelings at first when he's like, where are the cards? You're fucking hiding cards. You're cheating. And she's like, "Uh, no. And then fucking Colorado comes up and goes, I think the guy with the vest. Oh, okay. Well, did you check him? No, not yet. Okay. Let's go check him. And these are the things where in a way, some people might go, this is a two hour and 21 minute movie. Mm -hmm. But even though it's like, let's go check. And it shows them walking down the stairs. You're not Mm -hmm. like, 
You could have cut that out. No, give me the walking down the stairs, walking up to the guy, you know, grabbing well, him. You it, know, it made it feel real. Well, it's like Quint, like Quentin said, and other people, it's a hangout movie. It's yeah. Well, and the fact that like they're they're walking down those stairs, you're seeing them go down the stairs. It's not like it's uh, different set pieces that are supposed to be, yeah. yeah, you know, thought to be one whole piece kind of a thing. It's yeah, actually yeah. them going down stairs, it's, like it's, it's it's there. Yeah, it's probably like we've said. I mean, the Howard Hawks directing part of it is you got two guys walking. Let's connect it by a tumbleweed. Mm-hmm. Let's connect this scene to that scene instead of a normal movie where you would cut from them leaving the bedroom to them on the first floor. This is them leaving the bedroom, walking down the stairs, coming to the first floor. It makes that much better for the movie. Well, and, and sometimes I, I kind of feel like you can tell when somebody's a TV director as opposed to being a movie director. When there's all those cuts to a, another scene so quickly, quickly into different spots and stuff i'm kind of like like it's too much of a tv situation i would rather have that moment of them walking down the stairs and stuff like that than it cutting to them being down there yeah um yeah for sure you can see the style in directing but you're saying richard donner being a tv director starting out like he sucks is that what you're saying (laughs) uh chip's favorite director no um no, I was watching one of those cheap ass on Pluto. They have those asylum movies. They have a mm-hmm. channel all for asylum, which are the real cheap transmorphers, shit like mm-hmm. that. And you can see how directing makes all the difference, like the cuts and that. And you're like, this is just not making any kind of making me feel any certain way. Um, but it's the thing of, OK, where were we at? So, oh, so then they're walking down and somebody shoots at him Mm. and so and the guy runs into the uh to the stables and so he runs in there after him john wayne does and the dude go ahead what we're switching them around because the 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 three guys that they shoot is right they had 50 they had yeah because they had more money the one that they went after no no they had Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That one had one fifty gold piece. The other mm-hmm. one had two fifty gold pieces. Right. And he's like, "Oh, they're paying." Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, because the one that they went ran after was the one that when they found uh, what's his name shot in the back. Yeah. They went to go find him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right. But that was the cool ass scene. Thank you. I forgot. I watched it yesterday. You watch it today. Um, is, but that's such a good moment when the guy's running out and dude mm-hmm. shoots it, shoots at him. And John Wayne's like, did you get him? He goes, I don't know. Did you see what he looked like? Nobody ran through a mud puddle. And I know that he's like, okay. He goes, how do you want to do this? It's like, I'll go through the front. I never been through the front. I'm going to go through the front. Okay. I'll go through the back. John Wayne goes in slowly, quiet, and then lets that door slam. Boom. And then they're all like, what the fuck? And dude walks in there, tells everybody get up, you know, tells the bartender, I know you got a shotgun, take shotgun there, put it on the thing. Um, And the the bartender, because this is the bad guy's bar, the Burdett's bar, mm-hmm. bartender's giving him shit too. Like, and they probably all do because he's an alcoholic. Oh, you want some, you want a drink? You look like you need a drink. No, I'm good. And and then they're looking for the guy, and he goes, I know that the guy's got my anybody running. Oh no, the guy goes, Nobody ran in here. And they're like, Yeah, interesting, because we didn't say anything about that. John Reed gives that guy his come up and later. Well, and that's what was cool is in that moment, John, when he looks at him and goes, we'll remember you. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yeah, well, remember you said that is what he yeah. says. Yeah. And then later on, he just kind of turns to him and looks at him and then and smacks him with the damn butt of his or the, the, barrel, the of barrel of his gun. Dude has everybody take their belts off, their gun belts. Mm. He has them all stand up. They're all kind of giving him shit. And then when he's like, let me see your feet for mud, nobody has mud. Mm. And you feel for dude because you're like, he was doing so good, you know. And now they all start laughing at him. And you can see it in John Wayne's face of like, they're laughing at him and I can't do anything about it. Like yeah. it's, it's caused us that we're in this moment where maybe he was wrong, you know, but still on the side of his friend, but he's just waiting. And then dude goes over and that's when he's having them all take their belts off is like you said, where the bartender goes to step forward to his shotgun. And he's like, you don't need to make, you know, make that move. And John Wayne gives him that smile. Like, Oh, dude's back. And then, when dude turns around and he's looking at the beer and the guy goes, you want to drink? And he's looking at the beer and there's blood dripping in it. And he's like, he's like, Oh, and John Wayne says something. Cause he doesn't see it. And dude steps back and then just fucking shoots the guy before he can shoot him. And the guy falls and he's dead. And so then later it's also cool where he's like, how did you, um, he's like, when he when they're telling uh what's his name uh what's that guy's name when stumpy. they're telling stumpy like yeah we had to chase some people they ran into the thing he's like if he would have shot him if he would have been any good he would have uh, and then he's like and stumpy's like oh damn it you're never happy i don't know <laughs> yeah. and then he goes he goes what uh he said what made you know that that guy was up in the on the second floor and he's like well there was blood dripping into the beer trust me i want to drink that beer there's blood dripping in the beer and he goes oh so you did shoot him and he's like and it's like oh like you did hit him like okay so but it's those moments that just this movie is full of those little moments of so then they they go back they've killed that guy that guy has 150 gold piece on him $50 gold piece. And then the other one has the other three have two 50 gold pieces on them that they've killed. So then, uh, then Colorado is like, Hey, like, I think being, as you told him what you said about killing his brother, like he's, he's really, and he's like, well, what would you tell him? He's like, no, I'm, it was surprising, but I would have probably told him the same thing that we're going to kill his brother. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and also that they killed Ward Bond. And so he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'll help you. And also like, he's like, being as Ward Bond's dead, we have no money. Yeah. You know, he's like, he had all the money. He's like, I can't give that out. Another realistic thing, like not just here's money. He goes, I can't give that out until I have a court order, yes. but we'll give you guys whatever you guys want, get some food, whatever. He's like, oh, that would be good. Thank you. And, and it's way cool. And then, and all this time, dude is trying to get better. And you're all for dude. You're like, come on, man, get better. Like you seem really cool. And then this is when he's no, the three. And then he kills the fourth one, which is way fucking cool. That's when they took dude the first time when he yeah. got dunked in the water trough and they took him away. And then those three show up on the horses and the ones like out and then they all get him. And uh, so he shoots those three but then aims with his rifle and shoots and then shoots again and hits a guy. And you're like, that's, 
I don't think I've ever seen John Wayne in a John Ford movie do that, like with a rifle, like shooting. Like this is Howard Hawks is like, here's a professional guy. This is what he does. This is what pros do. Mm. It's amazing. And um, and well, and one of the at this point when he kills off those people and he runs over to see what they did to dude. Yeah, he was hogtied, and so they they help him out. But it's at that moment that dude's just like, I'm done. Like, yeah. I, I, this is when, he, when he's quitting. Yeah. And that's the thing that's cool about it is even those moments where you feel like, oh, he's he's he's, he's becoming the dude that he used to be. He keeps slipping again and yeah. having these issues and like, I'm, my hands are shaking and all this stuff. And so you're about to give up. He's basically, uh, like you said, with Colorado saying, I'm going to join you now. Yeah. He's in the midst of giving him like his star. Yeah when he leaves and he basically that's when uh, dude says well here's my star throws it on the table or whatever he's like i'm done and i can yeah. look at my hands and they're shaking and he's like making excuses basically but he yeah. still won't take a drink yet but then yeah. it's when that music kicks in that yeah. same music from that the album music and all of a sudden his, his hands stop shaking and he pours it back into the bottle yeah and he's like something about that music man yeah. and i was like i was like that is cool because we kept seeing his ups and downs and we're thinking yeah. he's in it and then he's not he's in it and then he's yeah, not he's, yeah he's got self-doubt he's got all that and that's what else was cool on the other end of that with colorado where mm -hmm. he's like dude dude i don't think it's somebody i think it was dude was like how do you think he is do you think he's any good and he's like mm -hmm. well he's not bragging so mm -hmm. he probably is the ones that brag are the ones that are fucking shitty they're like, yeah. i'm the best with a gun he's not bragging i think he can back it up and it's, you know, it's the same thing. And dude is having self-doubt of like little things, not realizing, not digging deep and being mm -hmm. like, I can do this. And then, yeah, him being like, didn't spill a drop. And then he's like, and, um, and Stumpy's like, well, then I'm going to take a drink. It's my turn. And then he drinks. <laughs> and then he's like, close, close the window. We're going to go now. And he's like, here, you forgot your badge and gives him the badge back. And, and he's like, and um, was that when he gives him his guns back? About that time no it was right yeah. before that it was before that because that that's why it, it kind of worked out was because he, yeah. he had his ups and then he went yeah. back down because yeah he had his ups where he he got his nice clothes back he had his yeah. hat all got the stuff a little cock working out yeah. yeah and then stumpy shot his hat off yeah so that started him going back down the hill yeah. again and yeah. it got really shitty for him well, and he, and and that's what's cool again just a regular thing is him getting mad at Stumpy, telling Stumpy to shut up because Stumpy's like, had I known I want to shoot, da, 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 da. And he knows that he did wrong, that he didn't say, I'm dude, I'm coming in. And Stumpy be like, okay, Stumpy just shot. And he's like, and that's the other thing of like, I got a little cocky. I got clean. I did all this. And now all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting shot at. <laughs> and, and. And then for him to, like you said, the rise and fall and then him being like, OK, I'm back. And then uh, but the thing, when does the thing happen where they go back to the hotel? And yeah, that's when dude, they, they this is after uh, first they do the singing part. Right. Because they're all in there and they're singing. And that's when when they're done singing mm -hmm. is when uh, when uh, Stumpy starts Naming names, you know, I'm not saying who smells like shit. Yeah. yeah somebody yeah. needs to take a bath and, you know, and that's when it's like, yeah. fine. And he gets all pissed off and Dean Martin's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the, you know, 
because they're talking about basically uh holding out there that they're gonna yeah. go get food and get yeah, all the stuff they gotta they go get eat. food and ammo and everything and coffee and, and they're just gonna stay there and hunker and, down for the rest of the time until the uh till the uh, u.s marshals show up so this is when everything goes to hell and that's because then that's that that's that exactly that's a cool part though with him giving him his guns where it's not overly done it's not melodramatic mm-hmm. it's just him he's like hey why don't you give him his guns stumpy says and john t chance is like oh i forgot about those and pulls them out and he's like where did you get these he goes i bought them from the guy that you sold them to and he's like wow and it's a really heartfelt moment but it's a moment of dudes just being like here you go like yeah. nothing you know like I said a long time ago I called my friend Sergio I go you were the only one that mattered about going to my party and he was like and I go you're my best friend whatever I said and he was like I gotta go I'm like that's weird and he told me later he's like and while we're putting movies up at the video store he was like you know he's doing his thing I'm doing my thing and he just kind of says flippantly like remember what you said the other day about me being a friend and I'm like yeah and he goes me too and I'm like, oh, you can't look me in the eye and tell me that. You can't tell me on the phone. You just have to be like doing your own thing and kind of say it. Yeah. And it's that thing of like, here's your guns. Where'd you get them? I bought them from a thing. Here you go. No big deal. You know, and you're not going to make a thing of it. And then like, let's go get your clothes. Oh, you got my clothes too? Yeah, I got your clothes over there. And goes and gets him the clothes. And then he's, they're coming down. The Burdett's people are there and they're putting the ropes uh, they go, let's tie off the, you know, put a rope across the bottom and then he'll come and he'll trip and we won't have to shoot him or kill him and we yeah. can get him. And he trips and gets knocked out right away, like a 51 yeah. year old like me. Um, and uh, <laughs> knocked out right away. You have to throw a bucket of water to wake his ass up. Yeah. And um, and so then all of a sudden, then they're like, you're going to go and you're going to let us in here. Yeah. And uh, and they get they got dude, they got John T chance. They're going to bring him, And cause they've tied up Consuelo and Carlos and they say, uh, and dude says, I think we're going to have to do it mm-hmm. because Stumpy's the only one there. We have to. And John T chance does not register it at all. That's so you're wondering he's still coming out of it. He's but, still like, yeah, with the water but, he, dripping but off still the way he does it is not in a, it's in a good way. It's yeah. not in a Bruce Willis, um, uh, uh, last, uh, last boy scout way where she's like, here, mister, make my puppet talk. And he puts his hand in it and feels the gun. And he's like, Oh, okay. I'd be like, if I'm the bad guys, I'm like, wait, give me that fucking thing. What's in there. Oh, a gun. Okay. But yeah. he doesn't do that like, oh, yeah, I know. OK, like doesn't make it obvious. It's just like, all right, if you're sure, he's like, yeah, I'm sure. OK. And they go in and fucking Colorado's hiding in there with Stumpy in the <laughs> fucking thing. And they go in there and they fucking shoot. You know, he's like, uh, dude, remember the keys are over there. And you know that Stumpy all this time has had the keys. He locks yeah. himself in there. He's like, the keys are on your desk. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. And he goes and then just boom, boom, like those two die and the ones injured. And uh, it's just it's way cool. And then Colorado's there and you're like, yes. And and now then what happens? So basically, like they shot those two, but they were still the one that was outside waiting. Right. So he started taking off and they, they 
dealt with him, but when they got back to the actual hotel, because those guys that were there with dude heard the shooting, they took off with dude. Right. And that's yeah. the point where they decide that they need to tell Carlos to go ahead and I don't care how you do it, but contact, you know, uh, yeah. Contact. Her dad. Her dad. Yeah. And we'll, 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 and we'll, make we'll, We'll, we'll make a meeting is what they were planning to do was have them come in so they could talk. Yeah. But he said, no, we're just going to do a, a swap. A switch. Well, and then like Colorado explains, which is so cool. First of all, though, I have a little fact here about that song, My Rifle, My Pony, and Me. Uh, the song was originally used as the theme for Red River, 1948, which is a mm -hmm. Howard Hawks film, another John Wayne Western. The original title was Settle Down. The song was like, so it didn't have any words to it. And then they put words to it. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, it's the thing of where Colorado's like, look, you guys are the only witnesses that Claude Aikens killed this guy, that Joe Burdett yeah. killed this, this guy. And he's like, so if I were them, I'm still going to be after you, whether I have my brother back or after I have my brother back, I'm going to kill you guys. Yeah. And they're like, good point. Okay. <laughs> Like yeah. understood. And, and then they go to make the change, the exchange. And again, this movie rolls so quick. Mm -hmm. It depends on where you're at. Like chip might've been like, come on, hurry. But like, I had to pause it. Cause I had to go take the dogs. I do something. And I paused it and I'm like, Oh, I'm 42 minutes. Oh yeah. I had to make breakfast for my wife this morning. And I'm like, Oh, it's 42 minutes in. Okay. Played it a little more positive for something else. And I'm like, Oh wow. Like, it goes like pretty quick. Like you're just like, but there's a lot of stuff going on, but it doesn't bother you with like, wait a minute, you know? Yeah. Cause well, cause that, that's part of that hangout mentality is you're yeah. there along the way with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact that it doesn't do those cut scene, quick cut scene type yeah. of thing yeah. to where it takes you out of it. Like you feel like you're along for that ride and you're walking with them and you're there through the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then they're like, let's do the exchange. My favorite part is coming up, dude. I always forget every fucking time until this happens. So, um, so they're doing the exchange and they're they're they got Joe with them and they're going to go meet Nathan Burdett and, and his people and they're going to get dude back. And so he so they they hold up in that they go through that little building. He tells Ricky now he tells Colorado, get in that window, be mm -hmm. a lookout there and watch joe and i'll be here and he's watching and then he's like all right we're here send him out and so they send dude he sends joe he's like go slow fucking walk slowly and joe's walking and dude's walking and dude keeps looking at joe and you're like is he gonna do what i think he's gonna do and he does he fucking tackles joe yeah. and knocks him over like where they can't see him yeah and which so is cool because he basically gets out of the line of fire yeah gets yeah. him hard enough to get him into a spot to where when the bullets start flying he can just start like fist fight without having to worry yeah. about getting shot. <laughs> yeah. And then they're fighting. And then there's that cool part where, uh, you know, I think it was in the trailer from last week where uh, Colorado's like, should I help him? And he's like, no, he's got it. He's got a funny way of doing it. He's like, no, he'll get Joe. And then he goes, oh, there he goes. Yeah. And, and then uh, they start shooting people. They're killing like a bunch of people. Mm. And, and he's like, two of them got away. And this is a part I always forget about. I'm like, oh, they got to go get those two. He's like, we better get them before they get to the river because they're going to get around behind us. And all of a sudden, kaboom, 
like two shotgun blasts, like in the chest, yeah. whatever. And they're oh, fucking geez. down. And all of a sudden there's your comedy moment of fucking Stumpy being like, you know, I'll be damned if you're going to leave me behind. You know, it's like <laughs> that guy from Die Hard 2. Like, you know, yeah, that was damn, awesome. if I'm going to clean up this mess. Um, and you're just like, awesome. And then he's like, he's like, he's by the dynamite. Like, get him get away. And he's like, OK. And you're like, and again, they don't always they mentioned it in the beginning where we're going to put dynamite. You could put it over there. If it blows up, it'll blow up an empty thing. It's fine. And they do. And then they don't bring it up like other things, you know? And then all of a sudden they're, they're like dynamite. And then Stumpy has the idea of like, Oh, let me grab a box of this. And he comes over. What are you doing? And he goes, wait, that's a good idea. And he's like, okay, throw it. And he throws it. Can't you throw any better? God damn you motherfucker. And so he, throws the other one and he gets a little closer and he shoots it and then um he's like he's like can't you uh oh and at this time also now he's beat up joe dude has and dude is like i need a gun and they throw him a gun but it's short it lands short so he has to get it and so then they have to draw their attention and then he grabs a gun and he he goes to aim at the window, but there's no he can't see the guy. So he goes to the other section where now he can see the guy and he shoots him. It's awesome. Yeah. And then uh, and then uh, Stumpy wraps like the three dynamites together because he's like, I'll get I'll get more distance. And he throws it and then blows up like the whole thing. And Which then it's like, cool oh. because in that in the moment when he uh, Dean Martin says, hey, throw me one they throw it and he has to shoot twice and so it was cool yeah. that john wayne even though from a different shot was like you know it took you two like that's <laughs> giving him yeah. shit yeah exactly yeah it's like it's like oh you're you're slacking um and then so then he throws the whole thing then they all give up they're like we surrender and they come out mm-hmm. and um i don't know if they arrest them all i don't know what happens but now it comes back and there's a part where, like we said, he kisses him on the forehead, which is cute earlier. Um, but now it's at the end again. John Wayne is kind of bickering about shit to them. And Stumpy's like, you're never fucking happy. What the fuck? Yeah. And and uh, and before that, my favorite part that always makes me laugh is the part that I said where he's like, he's like, well, you know, if you would have uh, if you would have shot him, we wouldn't have had to go into the bar. And that's when he goes, spit in his eye, dude. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God. It's hilarious. He's like, I wouldn't put up with that. And um, and so so he's they're giving shit back and forth. And uh, and it's cool. And also before that, when they're leaving, that's when Stumpy's like, oh, I can't, I'm not good enough for a gun. Well, you know, you can't move around a lot with that limp. And I don't, oh, okay, I'm only good for doing this. And then when he shows up, you're like, fucking awesome, like hero moment, like, uh, so way cool. Um, and then he goes, and all this time too, when he's talking to Angie Dickinson, John T. Chances, talking to Feathers, Feathers is like, oh, what, you don't like me? Um, you know, I wish you wouldn't have done this. I wish you wouldn't have done that. And, you know, and she's like, you just, oh yeah, working there. She's like, I'm working at the place. And he's like, he's like, oh, you're working there. She goes, why? You don't want me to, you don't think I should. And it's a woman of just like, not telling you what she wants, but kind of beating around the bush. I go, you don't, well, then I'll quit if you don't want me. I didn't say that. Well, then why don't you say, but she's also trying to get him to fucking talk and open up to her and he won't. 
so then at the end when he shows up there and she's wearing this black outfit and he's like you're gonna wear that and she's like yeah i'm gonna sing and i'm gonna he's like uh, i don't know and she's like you don't want me to wear it then i won't wear it and you're like he's like i didn't say that and she's like but you don't want me and then finally he's like he's like no i only want me to see you in it she's like finally you fucking okay and so then you're like cool it's like she's having conversations for both of them yeah and like like he said you do a lot of talking she's like well (laughs) you'll learn you'll learn that i talk a lot but you'll learn to talk as well so it's way cool it ends everybody's happy uh so cool such a great movie you want to hear some uh reviews from the New York Herald Tribune described Rio Bravo as quote, a satire on violence in the Western manner, the happy variety and hearty manner of the villains execution keeps the picture bumping along so merrily. The variety review reported that the film quote gets off at one of the fastest slam bang openings on record within 90 seconds. Wayne is clubbed another man knocked out and a third murdered end quote. Yeah. <laughs> On the number of deaths in the film, the Los Angeles Times review stated that the speed with which men bite the dust is not real enough to suggest the presence of death, which I could kind of see, but I, but I'm fine with it. I like it. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes critical consensus reads, quote, Rio Bravo finds director Howard Hawks and his stellar ensemble cast working at peak performance. And the end result is a towering classic of Western genre of the western genre end quote so um right here uh i got something else here uh michael schlesinger for the library of congress wrote an essay and here's what the last paragraph of the essay reads like i've always said if you're reading if somebody sends you a big article go to the last paragraph read that if you like what that says then go read the whole thing but usually <laughs> the gist of it in that last paragraph just read like the last a, page of the book got it not the last page of a book, Chip. I'm saying the five paragraph essay that we used to have to do, you'd put all the good stuff in that last paragraph. So you just read the last paragraph. Summarization. Um, anyway, I could read you the whole thing, but I thought this oh, last no. paragraph. Okay, then. <laughs> I wrote an essay. Here's what the last paragraph of the essay reads. It's often said that Rio Bravo is an anomaly among big Westerns. Talky, slow, self-indulgent, too lighthearted, but not actually a comedy. All of that is pretty much true, but what the naysayers fail to grasp is that it's precisely those qualities that make it such a wildly enjoyable film. Some folks think it's the best Western ever made. It may not be so, but any 10 best Western list that fails to include it cannot be taken seriously. That's Which is so true. Yeah. So very cool. Um, and some other little things uh, to wrap it up here. Uh, Howard Hawks went on to direct two loose variations of Rio Bravo, which people probably know, with the idea of a sheriff defending his office against belligerent outlaws. John Wayne starred in both films, released as El Dorado in 1966 with Robert Mitchum, playing a variation of Dean Martin's original role, and Rio Lobo in 1970, probably your dad's favorite. Um, And then in 1976, John Carpenter wrote and directed Assault on Precinct 13, a modern story based on the theme of lawmen besieged by outlaws. And Jean-Francois Richet directed a 2005 remake bearing the same name. In later years, Rio Bravo gained critical and popular appeal. And in 1978, The Village Voice named it as one of the 25 most memorable cult films. 
which is kind of cool. It's a cult film. Now, here's something that I wrote down that I thought was on the list. In 2008, the American Film Institute nominated this film for its top 10 Western films list, right? It nominated mm-hmm. it. So I copied the list and then I'm like, wait a minute, it's not even here. <laughs> like, wait. So on this list, and I'll tell you what I would have taken out. The Searchers from 1956, High Noon from 52, Shane from 53, Unforgiven from 92, Red River from 48, The Wild Bunch from 69, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid from 69, Macabre and Miss Miller, 71, Stagecoach, 1939, Capaloo, 1965. Now, I know there's a lot of fans out there of Shane, but I would pull Shane off this list and put Rio Bravo on here, oh, yeah. like in a heartbeat. So I haven't seen McCabe and Miss Miller, but I've seen all the others. Um, so uh, in this movie, do you see anything that Tarantino might have liked or used in a film? I can see the camaraderie, but also that's more like Jackie Brown stuff, like Ordell and, uh, and uh, oh, yeah. Lou. Is it Lou? Um, uh, Robert De Niro's character, like the way they are and the two cops being professionals that, you know, but also, like I said, that's Omar Leonard writing that probably yeah. wrote it that way anyway, but with them being like, Oh, if I take some, then I got to give you some, you know, on Jackie Brown where he's like, if I take some money, I got to give you some too. Right. And she's like, well, you ever been tempted? And he's like, no, I'm a fucking cop. Like this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, our rating system here is one to five. Is it your turn? My turn. Your turn. Uh, five being the best. I rate this movie five out of five, of course. Uh, what do you give it? Five, of course. Which I told somebody, like, it was cool. I was at work today. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I got to go home. I got to watch my movie and do the podcast. And they're like, okay. And I go, and it's, you know, I got to go watch the my favorite Western of all time. And they were, and they stopped and went, what is that? And I was like, uh, Rio Bravo. And I go, Okay, good. And I just walked away. <laughs> and I was like, um, all right. You didn't say like, what's yours? Nope. They, they, once they said, okay, good, and yeah. walked away, I was like, I figured, okay, well, you're, we're on board then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. um, and it's interesting uh, talking about that. But first of all, well, we answered this last time. Would you buy this movie rented or find it for free? We would definitely buy it because we bought it. Do you have it on Blu-ray or digital? Digital. Ah, oh, the Blu-ray's got all kinds of cool added things to it. It's very cool. A thing on old Tucson, a thing, a documentary on Howard Hawks that's like 43 minutes long. I'm going to check and see if there's added stuff because it's the Apple one. So I don't know. Yeah, sometimes those do. Sometimes they don't. Um, something that's interesting, talk about movies. First of all, my wife was like, we watched a movie called Sisu that I've been talking about. And she was like, mm. um, why don't you... Um, she said, what do you rate? I said, oh, I rate that like four and a half, whatever, pretty close. And she's like, of course. And I'm like, she's like, you should change your rating to like one out of 10. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but I go by the letterbox. So I do it that way. I'm like, but on 10, I would give it like a seven. She goes, well, that's better than giving it 4.5 out of five or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so what do you think? Should we change our rating here? Should we go one to 10? Okay. All right. Wow. Chip said, fuck no. I'll tell the wife you said so. <laughs> Something else that's interesting. So we're uh, out having pizza the other day at this pizza place called Grimaldi's. And, um, and I'm sitting there and I'm eating and I'm talking to the wife. And I hear somebody at the bar, mm-hmm. which is like 30 feet away from me. Mm-hmm. I hear somebody say, uh, Indiana Jones. And I hear them say Temple of Doom. 
And I go, oh, honey, they're talking about Temple of Doom. I should go over there. And she goes, no, she goes, you can't hear me in the hot tub two feet from you talking, but you can hear these guys talking about Temple of Doom. And I'm like, well, yeah, I go, usually when you're, oh, you, I go, usually when you're talking, you're looking away from me and the bubbles are going and I can't hear what you're saying because you're looking away from me. And uh, I said, but those guys just, I don't know. I heard Temple of Doom. And I'm like, what? And I perked up. I'm like, oh, let me go over there and tell them what I think. It's like, uh, but it's just it's funny because I want to go to this place now. I yeah. want to see if like, is there music playing overhead? This is a little bit. Yeah. Was there quite a few people around you guys talking as it was? Yeah. And you heard Temple of Doom <laughs> through all of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was uh, like a lighthouse. Bing. It's shining a light on you. Well, and I think in a way, I think it's movie people. I think if it were you and you're sitting there and somebody said Diablo four, you'd be like, what? What? Oh, I Diablo. did. I did. Yeah. I, I was in the break room. Yeah. And I heard people on the other side of the, like talking and they said the, a class of one of the characters or something. And I went, what the fuck? Huh? And I just turned my head like instantly. That's funny. Yeah. Um, you ready for, uh oh, hang on. You ready for Phil's film favorite of the week? Oh, yeah. What you got? It is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse from 2023. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Sweet. So it's very cool. I told Chip, I said, oh, Chip, I gave this five stars. Um, Chip hasn't seen the first one. I said, you need to see these. Like this one, especially the first one ended, I don't think on a cliffhanger. This one ended with like, you're like, oh, shit. Like, oh, and you know that it takes a long time to do this animation. And but it is so cool. You'll love it because all the different spider things in there. And you're like, oh, there's that Spider-Man. There's a the one of the worlds is like cartoon so it looks like pixelated type like an old 80s comic book or like a archie comic book like that style and you're like oh that's cool Hmm. um but uh yeah and then another one that i saw was sisu from 2022 when an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the lapland wilderness tries to take the loot into the city nazi soldiers led by a brutal ss officers battle him um so yeah the Mm -hmm. sisu means i um like grit and determination like like bare knuckle like and this guy he's not jaunty chance he doesn't need dude to help him he doesn't need anyone to help him (laughs) this guy is fucking and the word has gotten out through the nazis of like oh that fucking guy like holy shit like that guy went so nuts and on his own that they just let him they were just like, okay, you're done. Like, go out and live your live your best life. And then he finds all this gold and he's happy. And then all of a sudden the Nazis stop him and he's like, Don't look in my bag, you know, don't look. And all of a sudden they they're gonna take his gold. And he's like, Okay, gotta fight back. Whole thing doesn't say a fucking word until the very end. You're like, awesome. Wow. Like he might say, like, like when he got the when he found the gold, he kind of makes a happy noise. Yeah. Very cool though. Um so there's an important video game coming out next week for Chip. Yeah. It's called um the it's called that thing. 
uh, Final Fantasy 2030, probably. Final Fantasy 30. What are they on? 16. 16. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, so Chip will not be here, but a friend of us and the show will be on. Writer, director, producer, film lover, and all-around good guy, Tim Martin, will Sweet. be my co-host next week. He is... Uh, He's a guy who it's interesting. When I first met him, I was like, what's kind of your favorite directors? And he was like, oh, I like uh, Ingmar Bergman. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, he's one of these heady types. And then he was like, but I like uh, Samurai Cop. Like, and then he'll talk. So he's like me where he can bring up silent films. He can bring up, you know, all these different things. So, Sweet. and he's the one that we talked about that's making a uh, professional, like a feature length film. So so uh come back i was hot, excited about because when we were trying to figure out who could you know take my place next week it's yeah. like you know gotta bring bring him in because then he can also promote and let people know you know yeah. a little bit more intimately about what he's working on so yeah. that's cool exactly so come back next week on june 23rd for called hands on a hard body from 1997 i really wish you were watching this with us but uh it's a documentary it's on youtube everybody uh so just type in hards on hands on a hard body and 1997 and on youtube and you'll find the movie and that's where i watched it uh two years ago before we figured out to do this and now i'm gonna watch it again but it is hella fun Tell us what it's about, Chip. 24 contestants compete in an endurance sleep deprivation contest in order to win a brand new Nissan hardbody truck. The last person to remain standing with his or her hand on the truck wins. Yep. Quentin has said, like, he's even on the Tonight Show uh, with Jimmy Fallon being like, they both were like, he's like, have you seen Hands on Hardbody? And Jimmy Fallon's like, oh, my God, that's so fucking good. Um. So uh, there it is, Hands on a Hard Body, the documentary. It's on Apple TV if you wanted to rent it. But like I said, it's on YouTube. So there you go. Sweet. Um, Chip, I really wish you could see that, but uh, it's okay if you don't. But I think you would like it. Let's play a trailer. If there's a trailer, we'll play a trailer for Hands on a Hard Body. That's true. Coming up Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., they'll gather around a brand new good-looking Nissan hardbody truck, and they'll stand there as long as they can. And the last one remaining wins that beautiful truck. You gotta be a nut to do it. Russell's out here in boots. Brakes are five minutes every hour. What? And 15 minutes every six hours. My husband and I have been praying for a truck, and I believe that this is what God wants us to do. And she started laughing, and I said, oh! Praise the Lord, that's so neat, because I was praying for her right during that time, and I know there were other people I'm not taking the credit for. I'm going to win a truck. Praise the Lord. This is when the big dogs hunt. You, know, you can't hunt with the big dogs. You get up on the porch with the pups. Truck make money. Cars don't make money. I can stay up about 101 hours without sleep. My feet's not hurting this bad. They've done got numb. My back's not hurting this bad. It's done got numb. I don't like being numb. 
numb. I would compare it to uh, killing a deer the first time. First time you kill a really big animal. It's exhilarating. And you feel like you could jump to the moon. Thank you for joining us. We hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making Tarantino. Goodbye. Bye.